1: You don't have to decide anything for the rest of your life ever. You just have to pick what is my next purpose? What right. am I going to go after right now? What's going to be meaningful to me right now? And you have to make sure that you always have something. And eventually like you do start to dial into like what is the thing that makes you really happy? Let's go.
2: Welcome to Citizen. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, actor, author, entrepreneur. uh, uh, But you're a multi-hyphenate for sure, Nick Palmashano.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You know, I appreciate being being called special. (laughs) Uh, That that means a lot. You know, I'll take it however you meant it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, helmets or otherwise.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah.
2: So let's, let's, uh, I'm sure a lot of our people know who you are, but we've got a lot of new folks uh, who aren't like OG Dragon Bros folks who watch the show. So give yeah, us, yeah. give us your background.
1: Um, so I, I got out of the military after serving six years as an infantry officer. Uh, you know, it's nothing special. Um, I, I'm not a hero. I'm not super cool. I just did my job for six years and, and uh, very much appreciate that. I, I believe that the, Army gave me more than I gave it, and uh, I keep that in the back of my head all the time uh, as, I, as I try to help other people and, and give back to my country. Because I, I think the military has been transformative for my family. Um, I'll come back to that in, in a sec. Uh, but um, got out of the military, went to grad school. <clears throat> at Duke University, so no one should feel sorry for me. It was like the easiest possible transition, uh, but still was challenging because leaving the military is always bittersweet. And uh, I got the corporate gig I wanted and uh, was making a, a fortune as a you know 29-year-old, uh, making more money than anybody in my family had ever made. And I absolutely hated my life, <clears throat> the worst I've ever felt about myself. Uh, Didn't feel like anything I was doing was meaningful. And um, it wasn't because the business was a a bad company. I worked for John Deere, which feeds the world and they're great people Um, and they treated me well, but there was no meaning to my life. And so I started a hobby. I was still donating my time uh, to the Duke ROTC at this point. And some of the kids complained about, you know, hey, we want to wear military stuff because we're proud of what we're doing, but everything is skulls and snakes and death from above. And so I started making funny shirts for my kids, you know, at Michael's with like literally like heat transfers and Mm -hmm. white t-shirts. And I was just giving them to my students. And we, it was like an internal joke. And, um, they were like, you know, you should actually hire somebody that's talented, not a total piece of crap artist like you and try this. Uh, and I thought about it and I needed something in my life that, that was interesting. So I launched a company called uh, Ranger up and, um, quit my corporate gig, you know, found out I was getting promoted. It was going to be a hundred thousand dollar raise. And I knew it was going to be like golden handcuffs and I would never quit my job. And so I thought thought about it all weekend. And I came in on Monday and I was like, you know, Hey, Regis, like, thanks for everything. You're awesome. uh, But I'm quitting. And he was like, why, you know, like, are you going somewhere else? Are you doing this? And I told him like, Hey, I got to try to be an entrepreneur. And he was like, that's awesome. You know, like good luck. So that was really cool. Um, And then I left and almost bankrupted myself, went from having not worrying about what was in my bank account to uh, having, you know, $1,300 in the bank, uh, $57,000 in credit card debt, a divorce, a one-year-old and a three-year-old renting two rooms from a buddy of mine for $300 a month saddest, like most depressing, you know, kind of loser moment of my life objectively, but subjectively, I was like fired up and like, not worried. Like I'm going to make this work. And, you know, my kids were happy even though we were living like in a buddy's house. And it was just this really weird, like, you know, this is what life is and what it should be moment. Um, and I was fortunate to, to grow that company into an eight-figure business and, uh, you know, did the movie Range 15 with, mm. you know, your friends and mine, you know, Jared Taylor, Matt Best, Ross Patterson. Um, and that got me fired up about, you know, really doing content. Like I had done, you know, stupid YouTube videos for years, but, you know, kind of going through that process got me really excited about that. Uh, a couple of years later, I exited Ranger Up. As the controlling share, Tim Kennedy and I sold it to a venture group. Uh, we still have shares, but we don't we don't have any part in any of it anymore. Um, and uh, you know, but when I was still there, right after shortly after the sale, um, you know, about a year into doing that, uh, COVID was was about to kick off, and we didn't really know what the impact was going to be yet. But that venture fund was like, hey. We're reducing people in all of our businesses. I need you to fire a couple people, uh, you know, and, you know, I push back. I'm like, hey, we just had a good year. Like we're growing this and that. And they're like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but this is what we're doing. And, you know, as business people, I respect everything. You know, they're better business people than I am straight up. Like they know what they're doing. They're very successful. They're kajillionaires. I'm not. um, But It just isn't the way that I've operated. So like with Ranger Up, you know, through thick and thin, like I didn't drop people. You know, we always found a way, even if it was personally painful for me. So that was like the moment where uh, I stopped fooling myself that RU was still mine, even though, you know, even though I still had shares, it was now their business. And so um, I decided that one of the people that I was firing was me. And so I, I gave an employee that they had basically said was going to get fired, no matter what's name and my name, and uh, I started Diesel Jack Media. And um, shortly thereafter, they were like, "Are you serious?" And you know, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I just like I need to work for myself." And we negotiated something where I continued to you know do work for Ranger Up for a, a couple more years. They laid off all of my old employees. I hired all my old employees. So I would basically had like a business with no real money coming in, and a whole bunch of employees counting on me, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to grow that into a, a seven-figure business, uh, hopefully on our way to eight, um, where Diesel Jack Media, you know, makes commercials, film, advertising, you know, for businesses, for nonprofits, for our own projects, um, and. You know, one of the people that I have met through that whole process is, you know, our our mutual friend Sarah Verardo. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Verardo, you know, is the uh, the chief executive of the Independence Fund. And um, another guy, Chad Robishaw, was one of Ranger Up's very first sponsored athletes. Tim and I decided to sponsor him you know, way back in the day, I think he was like the fifth athlete we sponsored and we sponsored hundreds over the years. Um, and so we've known Chad for a long time. And so when Afghanistan was, was falling apart, Sarah called me, Chad called Tim and they were like, you know, Hey, um, we're trying to put a team together to go, you know, help evacuate people out of Kabul. Like, will you go? And, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but like, there's a, there's a short list of people that, you know, When they show up in the van the door flies open and they're like you know get in don't ask questions you know you get in the van and you know sarah and chad are two of those people on my list so got in the van next thing you know we're evacuating people and you know a year later we're sitting here and uh you know we've you know we've helped about seventeen thousand uh afghans get out of afghanistan and we've got operations in ukraine providing logistics and medical support, and in some cases, evacuation. Um, and life is very complicated because we have to deal with the government and other governments all the time. And so that is the Italian version of a synopsis, which is probably half the podcast.
2: <laughs> no, we're just getting started. Uh, yeah, Sa- <laughs> Sarah's, um, we talk about her in the show from time to time because she's helped me with so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, anytime she asks, for anything, which by the way, is not often. She usually calls me with opportunities, not problems, but when she does ask for something, <clears throat> uh, she always gets it because Sarah's the kind of person that uses favors to help other people. So, Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. She's always helping other. I, I don't think I've ever seen her actually do something good for herself. Like I try to encourage her to do something for herself and it really doesn't happen. She's like, when she's asking for something, it's because so-and-so, you know, it's wild. Some of the problems she mm-hmm. solves and, and yeah. you know, this firsthand. Yeah. We I talked mean, about it like,
2: right before. <laughs> yeah.
1: Pretty, pretty wild. crazy
2: stuff. Yeah. She's uh she's a pretty incredible person, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, we always, it's, it's, you know, the Mr. Rogers thing, find the helpers when, when, yep. there's a, when there's a problem, you know, and you want to not, not only is that, is that good advice generally speaking, but I think it's, you got to put yourself on the other side of that and like become the helper. Like how, what What are you doing to, to help yeah. other people? I think um, I say this almost every show now I should just get a tattooed on me. But <clears throat> Gandhi said that if you truly want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably at the, at the very primal level, the reason most people join the military or become police because like it's the the masculine urge to, to leverage, leverage your fucking power and aggression towards some good purpose. I think towards
1: something that's positive. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Which is probably
2: why you were so fucking, I, I don't even know what it is. I think it's, um, so depression is, is rage turned inward, right? That's a, that's a pretty famous paraphrasing of, a uh, of, of a cocaine, uh, uh, prescribing, psychiatrists from early part of the 20th century, but I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, there's, there's wisdom there for sure. And, you know, <clears throat> it, it speaks to this young male problem we have in America right now, just like, you, you're, I, I would say veterans are probably the best, and but we should have seen this coming. You know what I mean? We should yeah. have seen this nihilism coming because we had such a large group of highly trained and, and in a lot of cases, highly educated young professional men who had just been to war and they come back you vacuum the purpose out of their life and they immediately turn to nihilism like nothing Mm -hmm. matters or and it manifests itself in a lot of ways suicide fucking mass shootings gang violence it's all the same symptom of the same disease there and that's you know we're very myopic unfortunately um and you know it's it's easy to say well how could we have known or whatever and, you know, maybe that's right. There's no point in really sitting around beating ourselves up about it. But being blameless doesn't absolve you of responsibility. And now we have yep. the responsibility to fix this shit. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there is, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I tell everybody when typically when you look at someone that has committed suicide or, or, or is just depressed and unhappy, mm. You know, there are typically two things that they are missing from leaving the military or just in general. they've They've lost purpose, and it's very hard, no matter what anybody says, no matter whether you're talking about the most moto dude in the world or the dude that just talks shit about everything in the military, it's very hard to replace the purpose of protecting the nation. Mm. And I tell my kids all the time, like, yeah, unless I get elected President of the United States, which is never going to happen, you know, to a five foot eight WAP, uh, you know, I'm never going to have the responsibility that I had, you know, as a 21 year old platoon leader, right? Like you're never going to have that responsibility again. So then how do you find purpose? You have to find something that's meaningful. And the second part that people neglect is you lose tribe. You know, if you think back to your squad or your platoon, no matter how threw it up somebody was everybody had that person's back even if they were bitching about them right like somebody somebody has financial trouble they don't go hungry you know somebody gets divorced like they're not alone you know your car breaks down someone gives you a ride there's this group of people around you that is invested in your success and that you believe actually cares about you you leave the military and you go off and, and you know you go on your own especially these dudes that really dig into like being a permanent veteran they're isolated Mm -hmm. and it's never going to be the same. You're never going to be the, you know, the badass 20, nothing, you know, charging into the fray, like those days are gone. And so how do you replace that? And I, I think it goes back to what you were saying is like, you've got to be helping people. Like I feel best when I'm making a difference in other people's lives. Like I don't, Uh, I don't value my own accomplishments that much anymore. Like when something good happens, I'm like, cool.
2: That's what was supposed to happen. That's how I feel about it.
1: That that's what was supposed to, I put in the work. This is what's supposed to happen. And and if it doesn't happen, I'm like, all right, like, let me AAR this. So that next time I get the result that I want, but when I'm teaching somebody else, you know, to be an entrepreneur or I'm teaching somebody else to solve problems, you know, their financial problems, their, life problems, whatever, and they go out and do good things. Like that is what gives me purpose now. And, and frankly, like I started diesel Jack because I sat down with my wife when I was at this crossroads in my life. And she was like, Hey, you're good at two things. You know, I, I was hoping for a third, but she didn't offer that third up, but it's like, you're good at two things. You're good at storytelling and you're good at helping people. And like, that is what you should, you know, build your life around it because I think that's what's going to make you happiest. And that's absolutely been the case.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it makes, we, we can sit around and think about it a lot, but I don't think it requires that much thought. Frankly, it's, it, it's, this is, this should be very obvious. Like all of human civilization has sprung forth from tribes of people, tribes of like-minded people who build systems and infrastructure mm-hmm. to leverage people's intrinsic genetic Gifts like for masculinity, it's uh, 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 to provide and protect, for feminine, femininity it's to nurture. That's what all of this has always been about. So, you can remove a lot of things, you can take people's resources away, you can take their stuff, you can take, uh, in many cases, you can even take their freedom away. But mm-hmm. the human spirit will still, if it has purpose, persist. You know what I mean? When we see it yep. here in America, uh, uh but if you take their purpose away now you've struck a fatal blow in my opinion right but mm-hmm. the good news is we are the author of our own calamity here right like you, nobody can take your purpose away only you exactly. can do that exactly you know what i mean which means if it's yep. gone you have all the power to recreate that anytime you so wish
1: mhm yeah and i think that's that is truly the most critical thing people should be thinking about when they're leaving the military What is my new purpose? And it doesn't have to be this. You don't have to decide anything for the rest of your life ever. You just have to pick what is my next purpose? What am I going to go after right now? What's going to be meaningful to me right now? And you have to make sure that you always have something. And eventually, like you do start to dial into like, what is the thing that makes you really happy? And I'm at a point now where, I mean, obviously, we all do work that we don't like because there's no job on planet Earth where there isn't some part of it that is a grind. You know, like hard work is always present, but I truly don't do anything I don't like anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I don't like a client, like I fire the client. You know, not that that happens a lot because I go through a very extensive discussion process with people before I start working with them. But, you know, if somebody asks me to do something that I don't believe in and it involves a lot of money, I don't do it because I, I don't care. Like my number one priority is, you know, obviously, like anybody else, take care of your family. But but after that, it's when I go to sleep at night, do I feel good about who I am and what I did? If the answer is ever no, then I have failed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that's why I like to organize my life by principles, not by any particular Event or job or political ideology, or even money, any of that shit. Like it's,
1: you you can't,
2: that stuff is all like, that's all of that stuff is, is a byproduct of the principled life that you live. If you live Mm -hmm. a, 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 an amoral life, then you're going to have amoral results. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. That's actually one of the things that I've always liked about, you know, watching your segments is, you know, I disagree with you sometimes. Um, but I do appreciate, like, you always have a reason, a laid out structure for why you think something. And you're also, even when you're, when it's something that you truly believe, you do consider, like, other opinions. I try to be the same way. Uh, I really try to think about, like, if I'm never afraid to question why I think something. And I also am not afraid to change my mind when presented with better information. Sure. Um, I mean, it's like, I I, I, I think that's important.
2: The analogy I use for this is a math teacher making you show your work while you're doing math. Right. So you lay all that shit out. And if somebody can point out an error in my process, then I, then I can address that error. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, it's really that fucking simple to me.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, so let's get into some of these principles since we're talking about it now. First, the first one you chose to talk about is, um, I'll do something every day to help my country. My countrymen are all men. I, I, I've had some folks say that kind of sounds like platitude because it's hard to conceptualize how you can do something every single day to help people, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's not impossible. As a matter of fact, it's not even difficult. All, it, it, Just f- spend five minutes in the morning thinking about what could I do today? You know what I mean? Hold a door for mm-hmm. somebody. Pick up some fucking trash on the ground. Say something nice. Yeah. There's a lot of things you could do there that don't cost you any money. They only cost you a little bit of time and the, and the will – to act. Um, but I, I,
1: yeah, go ahead. I I go, I go into everything with a, like a do no harm mentality. Like I never, even people that absolutely hate me, I do not want to do damage to their lives. Like I, I I don't, I, I essentially don't believe in having enemies. Like the only situation where I would have an enemy is if somebody was actually coming after like my family. You know, or somebody was act, actively hurting children, period. Mm. Like those people are my enemies. But like, you know, somebody doesn't like me. They think I'm a bad person. They think I'm not cool. Like whatever that is. Like I, 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 I ignore any concept of that. And then I think about, you know, what is it that I am good at that I know that I have earned that maybe takes people time? And I, I, I look at my community first, like my, whether it's my employees or my friends or my neighbors, or, you know, I do a lot of coaching. So maybe it's, you know, kids I coach on the wrestling team or, or people I do jujitsu with or whatever, like, what is it that I know that will help their lives? And how do I, how do I add value to those people? Like, that's my everyday, like, what can I do to help the people that are actually in my life? And then on a broader scale, when we're talking about you know, so, you know, social media, putting out messaging, that kind of stuff. I try to be really honest about my experiences instead of cultivating something cool. Like I am, you know, I don't even know if you can call me an influencer at this point because I, I'm old and decidedly uncool, but I, I try very hard not to tell people like, oh, I'm, I did this and it was great, but rather like, hey, I fucked this up so badly and I embarrassed myself and I didn't, and I lost money here and I made this huge mistake and life was really bad and I was depressed and it was hard, but I didn't quit, you know, and I got to X, Y, and Z, but like there was this journey that doesn't show up on Instagram. Uh, I think it's super important when you have an audience knowing the, like the mental, The mental health of society today is not what it was when we were kids. Mm. People are are less resilient for a number of reasons. I I think that there are so many people that watch Instagram, Facebook, YouTube personalities, and they think, why isn't my life as good as his or hers? And the truth is, like, we all deal with the same challenges. Mm. We all are worried, you know, finances, relationships. You know, so-and-so doesn't like me. So-and-so is saying bad things about me. So-and-so posted this thing about, like, we're, we're all dealing with that. Like, the, the only thing that might be different is the scale of it. Um, so I try to be super honest. And then, you know, on the, you know, on the true macro sense with Save Our Allies or Warrior Rising or, you know, some of the other charities that I'm involved with, Student Veterans of America I just think like, what is it that I can do right now that will make a significant difference for a, you know, a large group of people, mm. you know, and I try to do that. Thing.
2: This episode of citizen is brought to you by black rifle, coffee.com. Get 20% off your first order with the code citizen. Join the black rifle coffee club. If you want to get the max out of this deal, join the club, get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-operated company that uh, supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Uh, you're going to get the best coffee, premium coffee, delivered every month with the coffee club. It is definitely their best deal. Choose your favorite roast, light, dark, medium. Uh, choose the grind, whether you want ground coffee or you want to grind it yourself, get whole bean. Or if you have a Keurig, get coffee rounds, and then you choose your delivery schedule, seven days, Uh, every 14 days, every 21, every 30, so on and so forth. Members, in addition uh, to the great deals on the coffee and the delivery schedule, get free shipping and they get access to exclusive partner discounts with the great companies that you know and love um, and oftentimes get first looks at new merchandise and other things like that. So get 20% off your first order. Get it started now with the code CITIZEN. Go to blackrivalcoffee.com. Get those deals. Next up, Ghostbed. Right now, Ghostbed's offering 40% off Ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else, 30% off if you use the code Bros at ghostbed.com forward slash Bros. So, just to reiterate, if you want, if you need an entire bedroom suite for moving, uh, uh, trying to switch all your stuff out, whatever it is, get it all at once, bundle it together. Make sure you've got a mattress and an adjustable base in that bundle and everything. That stuff plus everything else you add is going to be 40% off. That's the best deal you're going to get. And the good news is you can uh, combine it with their zero down 0% financing plan that will extend up to 60 months. That's five years, folks. So go check it out. Ghostbed.com forward slash Drinky bros. Next up, we've got Fume. Uh, we've had, we've had the guys on the show. We've talked about it, whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings. Fume is the perfect tool for you. Head to breathe fume, F-U-M dot com slash citizen. Use the promo code citizen to save 10% off your entire order. Uh, it's, you know, you've got to check this stuff out. Um, what makes it unique? Fume is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, natural way to quit smoking. It's not smoke. It's not vape. There's no nicotine. It's just a replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit. Um, They use inhalers, wooden inhalers that are handcrafted and uh, uh, cores that are infused with plant oil studied to curb cravings. They have like peppermint and a variety of other flavors, uh, but it's natural oils, plant oils that um, will help with the hand-to-mouth habit. So you're still doing that stuff. They also have the oils that uh, are scientifically proven to help curb cravings in the first place. So if you're just trying to get away from nicotine altogether, this is the best option you're going to have. Head to breathefume.com. Use the promo code citizen to save 10% off your entire order. Last but not least, we have Babbel. It's one of our favorites. Uh, Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription. When you go to babbel.com slash citizen, it's never a a bad time to learn a new language you know if you're feeling things like brain fog and stuff like that there's a lot of things you can do with your diet and supplements to help that out but learning new things uh neuroplasticity is a big part of it so if there if you're like us you know and there's a foreign language you always wanted to learn maybe you started in high school but it wasn't good enough uh it's never too late to start with Babbel. it's a language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions and thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite sized language lessons, you can finally cross that new language off your list and start talking to people. Uh, you only need about 10 minutes per lesson. So you can start having real life conversations in as little as uh, three weeks. You set the program up to tell you, uh, or you, you can remind yourself to do lessons. You can, like, I want to do half an hour a day, whatever. So you're going to do three lessons, whatever. Um, Unlike other language learning apps that rely on AI and stuff, these lesson plans were created by actual language experts that teach actual human beings how to actually speak the language. Um, You can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German. There's others. Um, They have speech recognition technology to help you improve your accent, help you improve your pronunciation so you don't sound like a knucklehead. Um, One of my favorite parts about it, actually, is... All of the other ways they gamify things, right? So if you just feel like you're sitting in a classroom all the time, a lot of people have trouble with that. But Babbel, in addition to having lesson plans, you can also access podcasts, games, video stories, even live classes that you can interact with. So it also comes with a 20 day money back guarantee. So you're not really risking anything here. So right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to slash citizen. That's B A B B E L dot com slash citizen for up to 55% off your subscription babble language for life yeah I mean that's the uh I I, frankly I think it's um I think it's difficult for people to watch other people struggle I think it's extremely uncomfortable but you know there's there's multiple psychological factors at play there it's first there's the bystander effect right I mean the more people watching an unfortunate event happen, the more or the less likely anybody is to interdict. Yep. Um, and then there's the barrier to entry, for lack of a better phrase, I guess, where people just don't know what to do. They yeah. they don't they don't know how to help. Um, so that's why I say, you know, <clears throat> imagine what would have helped you and your times of struggle and then be that for other people. It's there there's no other that's, way to really do it. Like there's no you're not gonna read a book that tells you how to handle every single situation. You know what I right. mean? Just that's that's not how life works. But I mean, there's you can there's baseline stuff you could learn. You should familiarize yourself with like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and stuff like that to understand like root level human psychology and what people because mm-hmm. these are the things that people typically can't articulate. You know what I mean? They're they're it's like subconscious anxiety that that manifests itself in their daily lives. But yeah, you know,
1: and I think I think to that end, like reading and exercise are incredibly important. And and I'm not even saying exercise like Tim Kennedy. I just like, I know. (laughs)
2: Nobody exercises like Tim. So I know, I know. Don't even bother with that.
1: (laughs) Visiting him is like great and also horribly unfun, you know? Uh, But, you know, I know, I know from experience that when life is going bad, alcohol is not good and running is good. Mm. You know, like, you know, you're there are a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, oh, you're you know, your wife just dumped you or you just lost your job or whatever horrible thing just happened. Like, let's go slam a bunch of booze like that does not help. No, you, know? you should. Like, you
2: should. Yeah, you should definitely work. You should work on yourself, mind and body when you're yeah when, when, go for when things are going wrong when things are going right fucking is a good time to drink
1: yeah 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 drink <laughs> drink when you're happy by yeah. all means but like when you're depressed, drinking won't help you know exercise like get outside see something good in the world like super super important but also like reading like reading provides other lifetimes of perspective mm-hmm. you know I, I, obviously I'm not the guy that said this I'm blanking on who said it first but know if if you just live your life and don't read you're essentially living one lifetime and you know and picking up advice from people here and there but like every time you read a good book like you're you're garnering like a lifetime of experience and so like if you read all the time you know you're equipped with just a lot more information and wisdom than somebody that doesn't read and like with perspective you know you read enough books about people that are successful and you realize that almost every single one of them has some measure of the same story mm. overcoming massive adversity challenges taking risk believing in themselves um you, you know overcoming the negative opinions of others like these are all critical things so you know you read 20 books from different people that have never met each other that lived centuries apart and it's like oh shit, this is literally the same story it makes it a lot easier to weather that storm personally, Mm. because you now are armed with 20 lifetimes of wisdom around doing something hard versus, man, am am I the, like, it looks like, you know, Holloway over there has it easy. Like, look at that nice set he's got. And, you know, I'm sitting in my office with a black background and I didn't, you know, man, like, what am I doing wrong? Um, Like it's easy to like fall into that if you don't, Read if yeah. you aren't surrounded by by other people.
2: Well, it's so- no, it's uh, it's no coincidence, and it should be no surprise that most religious texts share the same fundamental ideologies, right? Oh
1: yeah, of course. I mean,
2: it's yeah. the, there. The golden rule has existed since China, I think, in fifty five hundred BC, maybe something like that, and it's yeah. it's made its way into pretty much every philosophy that's ever existed. So
3: yeah,
2: should be no surprise. I wouldn't think. Um, but yeah, it's really. We, we I, I think people get lost in this trap where they think, all right, I'm going to get to this level and then I'm going to start using that to help people like that's not right, That's not the right answer. Yeah, like, it doesn't it, work you've that got way. that reversed, my man. And it's not like you help people just to get the benefit for it. This is simply an understanding of how society works. Right. The more that you put into it, the more that you will get out of it. it it's it doesn't yeah. it, it, that may sound transactional, but it's just reality, man. that's just how it works.
1: Well, I think, I think what it is, is you become a known quantity, right? If, you know, let's say you and I are just starting out, right. And we're in a group of, you know, we have a a friend group of 10 people. We're all friends. Every time I have something hard to do, you know, you're like, Hey, do you need help? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, man, thanks. And like, no one else asks for help. And then all of a sudden I'm successful. Right. I did some, one of the dumb ideas I had suddenly works. And I, you know, and I now I'm sitting on a bunch of cash and the other eight people are like, Hey, can I get some cash? And then, you know, and I'm like, you know, you're like, where were you? The the 4,000 other times where I needed something. And then, you know, you're not even asking me for anything. You're like, you know, that's awesome, bro. Congratulations. And I I need to bring on somebody, you know, as COO, Mm. like, And I don't know anybody else that I trust. Like, who am I going to call? Like, I'm going to call the guy that's helped me like 4,000 times because you're a known quantity. I know that you're going to come through. People don't see that part. They really don't see that.
2: And it's, it's essentially, you know, in the marketing world, we call it marketing and branding. We call that reputation manager, right? Yeah. It's like you can have, this is something that you don't have to go to business school to learn this shit. It should be obvious. Uh, If you have, a negative event in your company, like a, uh, your shipping is fucked up or you send the wrong product or whatever, people aren't happy with it. When you have a good customer service interaction after that initial fuck up, that customer is, uh, will stay with you seven times longer than they normally would mm-hmm. have seven times mm-hmm. longer. Right? Yeah. So if you're operating in a C business, your typical customer life is somewhere between six or seven months. Now you've turned that person into a customer for four years, which could be, from beginning to exit of the company for you. You know what I mean? Like yep. you've made a lifelong customer, not only somebody buying your shit, but also being a firebrand and advertising yeah. it word of mouth. You know what I mean? It's the, these are. They, we, they we, did a,
1: they did a study. I don't remember how many years ago. I mean, it, it might've been like a decade ago, but it was like, who are the happiest car owners? And they, there were a few variables, but basically like number two was lexus owners that had never had a problem with their vehicle and number one was lexus owners that had had a major problem with their vehicle because when they had a problem lexus was like i am so sorry we are on our way with you know the the next level up lexus Mm -hmm. we're going to give that to you we're going to we're going to tow this vehicle we're going to solve the problem we're going to." deliver either this vehicle or a brand new one to replace like, like just white glove treatment and all of a sudden it's like man like buying a lexus means something and like I, I always keep that in the back of my head when i'm thinking about how we're treating customers
2: yeah i mean that's you know <laughs> that, that's part of the the hierarchy of needs it's safety and security right so we, in the back of our mind, no matter how positive we are, we know that things are going to fall apart, right? Things are going to go wrong. Uh, very often, things are going to go wrong uh, more than they go right. But, <clears throat> you know, what you're saying about, you know, the guy who was there for you when time sucked or when it didn't work out, it's the same principle, right? So it's, it's like, I assume as a, as a fucking rational human being that stuff's going to get fucked up sometimes. Uh, and the most valuable somebody can be to me is there for me when I need them. Right. So that like that, it doesn't matter what else you do in life. You don't have to be a fucking doctor or rocket scientist. You don't have to be a cop or a soldier. You just need to be there for people who need you. Right. In whatever capacity that you're able. Yep. Um,
1: dependability is very rare,
2: right? It's just rare. You know? I mean, a bit to to me, dependability is the action verb version of loyalty, right? So yes. loyalty is a general concept. Dependability is that concept in action.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, and I think I, I think a lot of people expect loyalty but don't provide it. And it's a two way street, right? It's a two way street. You know, like you you have to be good. You have to be good to people. And again, that that that's that's my outlook on life is I'm good to everybody, even if they're bad to me. Now, I, I might remove them from my life, like I might not seek them out or kind of distance myself from people that uh, that are not that are consistently not good to me. But I do not want to put negative energy into the world. Well, that's
2: like the I, story of the Good Samaritan, right? It's not that a stranger The the I really wish people would fucking study this. I, I think I mentioned it a couple of times <laughs> in the show before, but the Samaritan wasn't a stranger. The Samaritan was the, I guess, political or cultural enemy of the Jew at the time, right? Of the Israelite. And the point was, because Jesus actually said it later on, even criminals love their family, right? Love your enemy. That's kind of the point. Uh, By the way, I'm not religious at all. I don't care about any of this stuff, but the fucking, (laughs) the context and, and content matter. So, <clears throat> the The story of the Samaritan is that even though he and I were on opposite sides of this, you know, larger than us conflict, I still did the right thing, and that's that is the expectation. You know what I mean? So yep. I'm not really a fan of the Ukrainian government, but uh, helping people, yeah. What the fuck, man? Like a people, yeah. a people are not their government. That's that's just something that pe- we we can't seem to figure that out these days.
1: Yeah, it's that, you know, Ukraine, like I'm very proud of the work we're doing in Ukraine. Mm. That is not to say that there isn't corruption in Ukraine, but there's also corruption in the American government. (laughs) There's corruption in the French government. There's corruption in the German government. Mm. You know, I mean, like government by definition almost has corruption in it. There's, you know, whether it's as simple as political favors Mm. or it's something far more sketch like, Literally passing bills that benefit you or your friends, you know, Um, I mean, there's so many ways to look at it. But no, Ukraine has layers of corruption. I mean, they have like the government, you know, has regional affiliations that are not, you know, national in scope. So, you know, depending on where the leader is from, different regions are going to do better. Uh, You know, the church is heavily involved in in corruption, you know, and and there's crossover with the church and the mafia. And there's so many things. All that being said, the Ukrainians are not the ones going over borders and killing women and children. Mm. You know, they are not, you know, the ones trying to starve a country out over the winter. They are not the ones placing mines. They are not the ones employing chemical munitions. Um, You know, they're not the bad guys like Mm. And that's one of the things that's, that's, that I have, I have trouble with sometimes. Like, I totally understand people that are like, hey, we should not, you know, we as a nation should not be in Ukraine. Like, I appreciate, you know, kind of, kind of an isolationist view on the world, especially after our government just basically had young men and women fighting for 20 years with no apparent end state in mind. Um, so I don't, I don't, I have no objection to people that think This is not a war we should be involved in. But I I really have a problem when people are like, you know, Russia did nothing wrong or, you know, you don't understand what's really going on. Like, hey, man, I've got videos of like dead women and children, you know, where it's very obvious the Russians withdrew and just massacred people. Yeah, like there's no point where that's okay.
2: There's there's no, I I mean, so I get into some of these debates because – I say things very plainly as they are, in my opinion, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, stating a fact does not endorse the the event itself. Right? It's it's yep. Yep. it's for some reason it's hard to get people to fucking separate themselves from those things. Like, oh, you're a Russian. Uh, yeah, you're you're
1: a Russian apologist.
2: Apologist, like, yeah. No, man, Vladimir Putin is a giant cunt. He's like one yeah, of the he's... worst people on earth. Yep. Like, we're not. And, that's that's not really up for debate, in my opinion. Yep. But. You know, if did we um, <clears throat> did we give him the ammunition he needed by continuing to encroach farther east? Yeah, absolutely, right. And it, that doesn't make what he did right. It just makes what we did stupid. You know what I mean? Like we we fuck up a lot. Which American oh, foreign yeah. po- American foreign policy is a fucking joke. We don't do anything right.
1: We it, it's one of the negatives. It's one of the negatives of having such a partisan set of politics Mm -hmm. right now like i mean we always have it but i think for a long time the state department was a little bit separated from whatever the administration was dealing with politically like there was always like a group of lifetime diplomats Mm -hmm. and smart people that the that the administration generally trusted that was like you know this is how it's this is what it's like in this region whereas now you know i mean from administration to administration you have sharply different policies and you know you, you take the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and and you know people are smart and they know how america is and so you know hey if we don't like how it's going right now if we can just wait 4 years we're probably going to get a different guy different set of generals, different set of conditions, and and maybe that's better for us. And, um, you know, there's just a lack of consistency. And and you also, it's so hard to believe things now. And don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I do know for all time, going all the way back to the 1700s and, and beyond, the news has always been... Uh, there's always been a partisan component, you know, whether you're talking about Thomas Jefferson smashing Washington and Adams under a pen name, you know, or you're talking about, you know, modern day, you know, uh, like Hannity versus uh, Maddow or whatever. Mm. Um, There's always a partisan component. But I do think that when we were growing up, the news was generally respected. There were three or four channels. You knew the anchors. Thing, information came slower. People took the time to make sure that the, the facts were there. There was evidence to present. And now it's very much a race to, to get the story first, fastest, And the headlines are ridiculous. Mm. I mean, like you read a headline and you're like, oh, shit, did this happen?" Then you read the article and you're like, no, actually, it it didn't happen. Like the headline is, you know, but so many people read the headlines and and they repeat the headlines and and people start believing things that are simply not true. And you need shows like this to actually go deep on anything, which is like it's problematic, um, you know, long form is dead when you're on you're on fox a lot you know i'm on fox from time to time um and they you know they've been very good to me they've been very good to save our allies and i really appreciate them but you get 15 seconds to get a very complex thought Mm -hmm. out and then you're on to the next question because because that's the structure of network news now it's hard it's hard to go deep on anything so for if, you, if you're a person that doesn't read, if you're a person that doesn't listen to intelligent, long form podcasts with people that actually are discussing meaty subjects, like you're just not going to be informed.
2: Yeah, I you're mean, not- that, this, so this kind of brings me to the next um, <clears throat> the next uh, principle you chose. I'll put more into this country than I'll take out of it. I mean, there's a lot of obvious ways to understand that statement you know, cleaning up your mess, uh, you know, contributing more, uh, 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 helping people, so on and so forth, you know, being creating jobs, um, you know, just taking care of your communities in general. But what about how we're spending our time patronizing certain institutions? You know what I mean? Like, there's a, you know, an old phrase, uh, uh, every dollar you spend is a vote for the kind of world you want to live in and that mm-hmm. there's there's that's a true statement but every moment you spend patronizing businesses with your eyeballs and your ears you know what i mean can also be a net positive or a net negative and and we have given way too much credibility and uh, uh viewership to people who are routinely and intentionally trying to divide us you know what yeah, i mean i agree with that and, yeah, and I agree with that. that's a that's a responsibility that every american has to tell people they're full of shit when they're full of shit and then Mm -hmm. walk and then walk away. Right. Turn the channel off. I don't care. Especially like the more you agree with something, the more suspicious of that belief you should be because, Uh, because otherwise man, you're, you can get tricked into anything. All, all somebody has to do is causally relate their fucking crazy ass point of view to something you already believe. And now you're on the hook. Like, fuck that man. It cannot be the way we do this.
1: Yeah. You have to be able to constantly question your own beliefs and you have to, if somebody, if somebody loses their shit because you disagree with 10% of what they believe in, that person is not a serious person. Like, like you can't, you know, like I grew up in a family of Italians and Portuguese people where, You know some of my family is very liberal some of my family is very conservative and uh you know and everything in between and you know essentially like picture a bunch of italians sitting around a table you know screaming at each other about things like i mean with like the passion that you know only italians kind of bring to bear on on ridiculous conversations Mm. and then like we'd eat and it'd be fine but like i mean like just knock out drag out fights about every political topic you can think of But it also forced you. I remember being like 12 and 13 and like disagreeing with my godfather or my uncle or whatever and having to defend myself. And they wouldn't let up until either like my my argument broke apart or you know, I was able to hang. That's just the environment I grew up in. And so, you know, that I never took it as these people don't like me or these people want to want to do me harm. It was like, hey, if you're gonna have an intellectual conversation then like you've got to have a structure for why that is meaningful mm. and and why you're right and if you're not you need to change your mind
2: sure and then the other part of that is that <clears throat> empathy is being able to like truly put yourself in somebody else's shoes you know what yeah. i mean can you imagine yourself in the same circumstance and genuinely believe you would behave differently than they did you know what i mean and if you can right if you can, if you can, let go of your ego for a moment and be like, you know what? I've had moments of weakness as well, or I've done of stupid course. shit as well. Yeah. Then you must know that the answer to these conflicts cannot be to be judgmental or divisive about them, but rather to try to swim upstream and solve that problem before it metastasizes into something too big or too divisive to solve. That's yep. it. That like we, it, it's medicine. It's it's brain medicine. Yeah. It's social yeah. medicine. Like you don't fucking if you've got like cancer in your foot, you don't cut your goddamn foot off. You try to find cause cancer, you know, kind of in your blood. Maybe you want to take a look upstream at that. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's, we, we don't do a whole lot to address root causes of things anymore. If, if we ever did, to be honest, I mean, maybe that's a symptom of fear, laziness. I don't know. I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. I, I, I do think, I think, you know, we don't go as deep now as we did 30 years ago on any topic that that i think i mean we literally ended a war and started supporting another war within a few months and both the end the end of afghanistan you know a month after afghanistan was over it was pretty much No one talked about it until the one year anniversary. And then Ukraine, you know, people were fired up about Ukraine for about two months. And now, you know, I mean, like, it's not that nothing's happening there. Tons is happening, but it's, it's, you know, it's not a major thing. And so uh, we don't spend the time that we used to examining topics in depth, having conversations, um, And so the understanding of things is often dictated by whoever, whatever team you think you're on, you know, like Tucker says this or Rachel says that. And like, that's the thing you're repeating and that's it. And like, and if, you know, like I, you know, I'm a moderate that leans right. Mm. I disagreed with, with, you know, some guys on a podcast last week about some things and their fans i mean every day like you know a hundred people telling me i'm a piece of crap because you know my flavor of conservatism is is slightly (laughs) left of them i mean it's nuts like like you you cannot judge people's character based on a political opinion because like no matter what anybody thinks there are not better people on either side of the aisle. Like no. it just is it just isn't true. Well it's, the the purpose of if,
2: that whole fucking process, the right versus the left is to find equilibrium, right? Like but, but there's so many problems here. One, the right is not the right and the left is not the left. Yep. You know what I mean? It's you and a yeah, party yeah. bullshit. Um the, and the other part just the mechanics of how that works <clears throat> and why Things, I think things are more divisive now because people in this country, citizens, regular folks, have allowed it to become divisive. You, no matter, even in, even in an authoritarian government, the despot has to respect the will of the people. Otherwise, they won't allow him to rule over them. That is a true fact. There have been rebellions in every fucking desp- despotic rule ever, ever. And, and, and if as long as you can keep them somewhat modulated, you know what I mean? Even if it's with lies or uh, force has a diminishing return because people get pissed off. But whatever it is, you still have to respect the will of the people. And I, I think that's it's so, it's so interesting to me how little power people feel over their, over their own lives. It, it's it's mm-hmm. bizarre because it's, it couldn't be farther from the truth. That, yep. that's, that's completely antithetical to how all this works.
1: Yeah, and, I mean we we yeah. could if we as a country just decided it was time, we could clean house. Oh yeah. I mean we could literally clean house. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, every primary is getting like you know, we're just not voting for anybody that is that is currently serving.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and like we could do that every election until people did exactly what we wanted. I mean, there are some universal things that people expect from politicians and we just we're just comfortable throwing our hands up and saying well if if i don't vote for this guy then the other guy is going to win and that then the world's going to be over which mm. it never is
2: no of course not no and it's uh you know, you know? The, these people are driven by uh, a very base desire for power over other people and we should be manipulating them to behave correctly, not the other yeah. fucking way around.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And the other, the other issue there, just as I was gonna mention with the mechanics, uh, think of like a clock pendulum swinging back and forth on a fulcrum. The farther you pull it back and let it go, one, it's gonna go, it's gonna swing for longer before reaching yeah. an equilibrium and it's gonna be more chaotic during the process. That, that's yeah. not how any of this is fucking supposed to work.
1: Yep, no, right. I, I'm, I'm with you completely.
2: And I think, you know, that lack of, the lack of ownership to me is what, is why I started this show because people in this country are subjects because they refuse to accept the responsibility for being citizens, right? So you get rights and you have responsibilities that secure those rights. The Mm -hmm. constitution doesn't grant us anything. All it does is recognize natural rights and your behavior, your effort put into the country is what secures it's the, it's the, in the same way that uh, uh, dependability is the physical manifestation of loyalty. You being a citizen, you taking on your responsibilities and the constitution enumerating uh, those natural rights, that is the action verb part of that equation. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you have to, you have to be courageous in that regard. You know, I, I, I feel that both, both sides of the aisle are attacking natural rights, whether we're talking about speech, whether we're talking about the right to bear arms, whether we're talking, I mean, like, it's just a constant infringement. And we tend to, as individuals, kind of say, well, okay, if it's the thing I don't like, Mm. you know? Like, if, if you don't like guns, right? You're not a gun person. You didn't grow up with it. Like, I totally understand that. I grew up in Massachusetts. The first time I touched a gun was you know in the military um you know now i own a ton of guns right um but like you have to you have to have some sense of like what these things mean you know what why do we have the right to bear arms Mm. why do we have the right to free speech like if you're talking about burning books if you're talking about you know should hate speech be legal uh should Uh, we be able to see this should we have a department of disinformation that regulates social media like these are fucking problems Mm. you know these are problems and and like different sides of the aisle have come at it from different directions but i don't want the government telling me what i can know what i can say you know Uh, I don't want the government telling me that I can't carry a, a weapon. I don't want the government telling me I can't assemble. Like, I don't care if it's, I don't even care if I'm better off, like straight up. Like maybe I am better off not owning a gun and maybe I'm better off not being able to say stupid things. Right. I still need to be able to do that because even if this government right now even if this administration is is well-meaning good people and in the short term this will be good for america we all have seen like if you read again this comes back to like do you read if you read long term these minor infringements add up and at some point you know we truly are you know as you said earlier subjects and not citizens so like you citizenship comes with responsibility you know, and risk. It is more dangerous to be a citizen than it is to be a subject. But once you're a subject, you can't go back the other way.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, liberty only exists if it exists for everyone and all the time. Otherwise Mm -hmm. it is just another form of authoritarianism with a larger end group. Right. So, you know, Uh, that's well said that, that, that's why you have to like pay you have to be way more skeptical of shit that you believe than you are of other people's beliefs, frankly. Mm-hmm. And the gun thing you mentioned is a good, <clears throat> it's a good example of that. Cause there's a lot of people, probably some of the people who've been talking shit to you, who would just yell, shall not infringe over and over about guns over
1: and over again, Yeah, which over is, you again.
2: know what, you know, I, I don't disagree with that in principle, but let's have a conversation and show your work. Let's say we do have, for example, Uh, for whatever, wherever it comes from, we have some way to predict that a certain type of person, uh, uh, white kid in fucking Texas, for example, is, is, has a higher proclivity for gun violence than anybody else. Should we allow that you can call that part a fact for the sake of the argument? Okay, cool. That's a fact. Should we allow the government to have control over that situation? The answer is obviously no. And here are all the reasons why right all the infringements from the past that's the kind of conversation that gets more moderate people who didn't grow up with guns a, a logical base to make a better decision about that fucking fact instead no. of just yelling at them it doesn't make any sense to do that you're losing your argument because you want to sound tough and you don't want to have to face yes. some of the purity tests that are out yeah. there because oh and, you're not conservative enough like fuck you dude
1: yeah and and it also is not entirely accurate right so like when you look at what the second amendment was you know, a, a well-regulated, you know, for the time of the day meant well-trained, mm-hmm. right? So a well-trained militia. So, you know, um, the Supreme court has ruled that, you know, essentially the citizenry is the militia, mm-hmm. which great. Yep. Um, but well, you that's know, your
2: right, but you're over here is your responsibility, right?
1: over it, that's exactly what it is. How many so times have you fired
2: it? that weapon this year? For example, Yeah,
1: when I went from my concealed and carry, uh, license in north carolina you know a kajillion years ago you know like i was worried that i had not been shooting pistol enough it's like man i've only been going you know a couple times a month and you know like i hope that i'm i got there i was the best shot and i'm a i'm a i'm a good shot but i'm not like i'm not a crap i'm not tim kennedy i'm not like one of these you know like i can i can hit the you know the the hair off of a Fleas ass kind of mm. dudes. I was by far the best shot. People were like, Oh, you know, what do you like? What do you do? And I'm like,
2: Shoot the man, gun like, intermittently. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And I mean, these people that that test missed paper. Yeah, that they test didn't. is like it's an E type, right? Yeah. And you have to hit it, what, 35 out of 50 times? Yeah. I, Are you I, kidding I me? That's 70%, dude. What the yeah, fuck?
1: I, I, I could have thrown a rock and hit it <laughs> that many times, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know and i had like a shot you know my my shot group was like you know whatever and yeah. i mean people were missing paper and the papers
2: it's it's an know. e-type silhouette it's like the size yeah. of an actual adult male uh yeah, torso can, and head that's yeah, what it,
1: yeah you can one hand rapid fire it and if you've shot enough like you're not missing and and people miss paper and so uh, so then i look you know and that has me going should these people have this concealed and carry license? I I sure as shit don't want them. If something goes down, I don't want them drawing, Mm. you know, but it's not, it's not my call. But that's where I think it's reasonable to have conversations on a state level, not a federal, on a state level, you know, what is acceptable? You know, Texas has decided, Hey, we don't need any standard. Okay. Like (laughs) that's what Texas wants to do you know, North Carolina has a minimum standard, you know, maybe Massachusetts has an extremely high standard. Um, like I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that there are a lot of people that are yelling things like shall not be infringed mm. that have not taken the responsibility of actually learning how to handle a firearm, you know, and God forbid, there's actually, they're actually pressure tested sure, where, yeah. <laughs> You know someone's shooting at them and they're not looking that there's kids behind the person they're shooting and like there's so many things that you know when i think about what i would want somebody that is concealing carrying to have done or think about but that standard is is you know certainly too high i think it's totally reasonable to have the conversation of should there be a standard what is that standard what is well regulated, what well-trained mean yeah you know, but if you bring that up, like I am, I'm sure I'll take shit just for bringing this up with you. If you bring that up, it's like, Oh, you know, you, you don't believe in the Second Amendment, I absolutely do. Like, I think that anybody that that wants to own a weapon, that isn't, you know, certifiably insane, should be able to own a weapon.
2: Sure. Yeah. But are you when when the rubber meets the road, when the intent for the second amendment happens upon you, are you going to be an asset or a liability? Exactly. And if you can't answer that question, then you shouldn't be carrying a fucking gun in my opinion.
1: I um, agree with you.
2: So people it, it's, it's a problem of, of I guess, deformed institutions. People feel no sense of ownership in any of this stuff yeah. anymore. So they don't see these things as a responsibility. They see them as just their right. And that's, it's not, there's no right that doesn't come with responsibility right? Yes. So that's how it works. And <clears throat> yeah, it's the last one you chose, I'll, I'll, I will not sacrifice liberty for security. Now, mm-hmm. th- this is where this gun conversation comes back to me. We know that no matter how bad things get, we cannot allow the, the state to have a monopoly on violence, right? That is the end of any republic. So, yeah. you know, that's the guidestone. But you yeah. still have to have some kind of fucking reasonable conversation, if for no other purpose than to set the standard out in public for everybody. Everybody knows what time it is. And when somebody acts up, you fuck them up. You know what I mean? That's yep. just how it is. Yep. Not not literally, like, beat them up or anything. But, like, if somebody, is, if somebody is acting irresponsibly with a weapon, for example, say something about it. That's a yep. pretty easy thing to do. Yep. But without that standard in place, then, you know, and that's the reason the framers said that they could have said, everybody can just own guns. Yeah. And back then, everybody would have said, okay, cool, man, because we already all own guns. So that's not even a big deal. They took the time to write it in such a way that implies a level of responsibility for the owner of the gun. Yes. So why not respect that just as much as you respect the gun ownership right in the first place?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can answer that question. It requires work.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, that, that's the answer to the question. It requires work. Sure. You know, I, I, it's the same, you know, to me guys that that carry and don't train are the same thing as like guys who say like, you know, Oh, if I, if I ever had to get into a real fight, you know, I, I just see red and I would, I would win. And it's, you know, but like if you train and you're fighting someone that's untrained, they have to be so insanely lucky to win that fight. Like they don't even understand it. Like when I, when I roll jujitsu with someone that has never rolled Jiu Jitsu, no matter how big they are, mm. it's like rolling with a child. Like yep. they can't hurt, they can't hurt me. And I'm not even, you know, great. I'm good.
3: Mm.
1: You know, like people that are great do that to me. So like, there's so many levels. It's the same thing with shooting. It's the same thing with, with literally anything. Right. Yeah. You know, so there is a responsibility if you're not, if you're not quote, you know, a blue belt in shooting, maybe don't carry a gun.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's a reason that in the best military training in the world in in United States, Marine Corps and, and Army basic training, right? Particularly for infantry. You spend about three weeks walking around with a rifle before you ever get a magazine for that motherfucker, mm-hmm. right? Because it should feel like an extension of your body at that point. And yeah. like, this is... This is why I don't understand the lack of effort. It's not that much work to take the magazine out of your handgun that you want to carry every day and just walk like carry it around with you in your home every day. Every time you get home, just fucking sit there. Rack the fucking slide back and dry fire. Because by the way, dry firing, you learn a lot more than you do actually shooting the weapon. Dry fire it at your fucking TV screen or some shit. Who cares? Yeah. Like or or get dummy rounds or something. There's so many yep. different ways that you could become comfortable with that weapon. By the way, if you live in an apartment complex don't dry fire at the wall. Don't make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not a good idea, but you know, if weapons familiarization uh, is not enough. Like you need to become an expert on that thing because, yep. and so, you know, if you're one of those, sh- throw your hands up in the air, shall not fringe and walk out of the argument. Uh, if you're well-trained, good for you. I mean, I guess you're entitled to your opinion. If you're not and you get into a situation where somebody needs your help, and you've talked all that shit, and you're not able to help them, then you've done a disservice to your community, right? Like, and and this that applies to everything else. Yeah. As as, but, as an adult in America, be ready to help people when they need it, no matter what it is. Like, learn yeah. things, uh, uh, but, uh, physical yeah. capabilities, all this stuff.
1: A disservice to your community and a disservice to the Constitution. Mm. You know, I mean, like every, uh, you, you know, again, if if you want to look at that fight, because I do think that the Second Amendment is legitimately under. You know, I, I think there is a battle for for its existence. Oh, I yeah. think people are, are chipping away at it a, a little bit every day. But every time there's an idiot that does something stupid. That is, you know, a strike against it. And that mm. is fodder for people that passionately do not want the Second Amendment to exist, whether you're whether you're talking about the dude that shoots himself in the leg, uh, you know, or the guy that accidentally, you know, shoots uh, his son, daughter, wife, etc., because, you know, he heard it, something in the middle of the night and freaked out. And I mean, there's so many things that happen where you're like, you know, that's so stupid. Mm-hmm. There's also, I mean, there are also people that are well-trained, you know, and those stories are, you know, come out as well. But I mean, every carrying a gun untrained is dumb.
2: Yeah. Doing anything just, untrained is kind of dumb, Yeah, but you know, whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> So, all right, let's get out of here. Let's, uh, before, we, before we do, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Anything you want to plug or anything? Uh,
1: yeah. So, you know, if you haven't had a chance to watch the documentary, Send mm. Me, um, it's on Amazon. It's, it covers the, uh, you know, the, the 10 days that we spent in Kabul um, evacuating refugees. And also, you know, I know Tim's already been on to talk to you, mm. but that book in the back corner there, mm. uh, Stars and Stripes. Three months at the, uh, at the on the New York Times bestseller list. And so if you haven't had a chance to read it, uh, uh, I think, and I'm biased, a pretty great book. But other than that, man, I really appreciate you having me on.
2: For sure. Anytime. Yeah. I uh, appreciate you coming out today. Uh, where can everybody find you on the interwebs?
1: Uh, on, uh, I'm Nick Palmashano on Instagram and Facebook. And on Twitter, I am Ranger underscore up.
2: Okay, good. All right, well, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen.
1: Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more Great Deals.